Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561. Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now today, we're going to have kind of a different guest on, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to have a very good acquaintance of mine by the name of Willie Brown. He's not the former NFL uh, Hall of Famer from the Oakland Raiders. This is the former mayor of San Francisco, former California Speaker of the House, and he's a fascinating story, you know, up from the bootstraps, uh, bootstraps, grew up in the segregated South, but he's a huge sports fan and was the mayor of San Francisco, and it'd be interesting to get his perspective on the relationship between municipalities and professional sports teams and how they're, you know, intertwined and, and how they work together. So, I'd, I'd, you know, we can talk about that with him and talk about his interest in sports. I think it'll be fun. He's, a, he's, a real, he's like you and me. He, he, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to say much to get him to talk. <laughs> no, he's quite the personality. He is. He is. And was, he wasn't mayor when the Giants went to no. AT&T Park, was he? No. I, you know, that's a good question. I, I believe he was just before that. Yeah. I'll have to check. Yeah. Okay. I believe it was just But I know that. there was a time when the 49ers were potentially going to be moving and um, and they did move down to Well, Santa they did, Clara. yeah, but yeah. they were weren't they going to be like completely moving? No. Or no, that, that, it was the Giants, the one, it was the Giants yeah, that the was giant, go the 49ers to are the one franchise in the Bay Area uh that never talked about leaving the area. Every other franchise did. The, the Giants almost left twice, the A's yeah. almost left once. The Warriors were going to play regionally around the state. That's why they're called Golden State. Oh, is that how they yeah. got their name? Yeah, that's how they got Because I remember for years it was the San Francisco yeah. Warriors. Well, because they didn't have an arena. They didn't have a home arena. They played at the Cow Palace. Palace they played yeah. at the Downtown Civic Auditorium. They played at the Oakland Coliseum. This is back in the 60s. And Franklin Muley, the owner, thought, okay, you know, why don't we just use the whole territory of Northern California? We'll play in Sacramento. We'll play in Fresno. We'll have our home base in the Bay Area, but we'll be called Golden State. So I mean, it's kind of a neat idea, but then how do you get all these fans following, you know? Because, well, like, right you now know, you have Sacramento You know as well as I do, it's a matter of marketing your team, and if you put a winning yeah. product on the court or on the field, it's going to work. Like, why did the California why did the California Angels decide to go be called the Los Angeles Angels? Because Anaheim doesn't have that cachet. Who outside of the West Coast has heard of Anaheim? Unless you're at Disney. But Disney everyone's Disney. heard of California. Yeah, but, I mean, what I'm saying is <laughs> Los agree. Angeles, that's where they started, and they want to have the L.A. name. It's the brand. Yeah. All right. Uh, don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back. 
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Savor the best of Napa Valley during winter in the wineries, December 2nd, 2017 through February 4th, 2018. Calistoga's annual Wine Passport event provides the perfect, relaxed, romantic getaway during Cabernet season. Come discover both legendary wineries and small hidden gems sprinkled around Calistoga. You'll appreciate the slower pace of this special time of year in Napa Valley and soak up a bit more personal attention along the way with tastings at 17 exquisite wineries, large and small, that express the beauty of this distinct wine-growing region. You may want to make more than one trip to explore them all within this two-month period. To book your Winter in the Wineries passport package, email relax at mountviewhotel.com or call 707-942-6877. That's 707-942-6877 or send email to relax at mountviewhotel.com. Cruise into the holiday season sipping drinks and enjoying bay views with Hornblower Cruises and Events. Step aboard for a champagne brunch, savor the culinary creations with a festive dinner, or watch the fireworks from the water on a New Year's Eve gala. Make a splash and give the gift of a Hornblower Cruise or start a new holiday tradition. There's a cruise for any occasion. Sailing all December long, visit hornblower.com for reservations today. If you suffer from back pain, joint pain, arthritis, or other chronic pain, you need to try the water therapy benefits that Avantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath provides. Not only does Avantage Walk-In Bath help get you in and out of the tub safely, it is proven to be beneficial to relieve aches and pains, giving you the relief to enjoy your day. You can enjoy taking your new bath and rejuvenating your body in as little as seven days. And if you call today and ask for the radio special, we'll give you a 15 hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath every call in the next 10 minutes will receive a fifteen hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath your aches and pains can be washed away call right now for a risk-free quote 800-552-6851 800-552-6851 that's 800-552-6851 Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. And unfortunately, Willie can't join us today, so we're going to have him on uh, another another day. That's right. Our listeners may not know this, but we were going to have uh, Willie Brown, who is a former mayor, longtime political activist, and uh, kind of an interesting character, to say the least. He's in his 80s, and he's still very active. But a uh, big sports fan, and I wanted to talk with him, and you wanted to talk with him about the relationship between cities and um, you know, pro teams and how that's so important to the community and, and how it uplifts the community and how it sometimes costs a lot of money to build these facilities. But we'll do that some other time. It's it's part of the business of sports, and it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's kind of a feather in your cap if you can get one thing accomplished or another. I yeah. mean, if you oh, lose yeah. the team because of them moving to another city, I guess that's going to be a, a real 
That's a setback. That's a, a huge. Yeah. That's a huge. You know, if you can keep the team in town, that's the main thing. And, like, and like then when the Giants up, went to AT and T Park. Well, they had good ownership. You know, the, yeah. you had good ownership, and that's the key. I mean, there are a lot of bad owners in sports. The guy, the guy. I'm going to say it. The guy down in Miami screwed up oh, yeah. the franchise in Montreal so that they moved to Washington, and then he downsized several times after they won the World Series in 2003, the Miami Marlins. I'm talking about Jeffrey Loria. He's out of sports now, and he made a huge profit selling this team. The guy who owned the, the Golden State Warriors, Chris Cohen, for 15 years. You know, nice guy, but, you know, as far as an owner. No how basketball many, business sense. Well, how many, <laughs> how many coaches did they have? They, he was great at marketing the team. He was great at, at branding the team. But as far as putting a winning team on the court – and, a, and yeah. a good general manager and good – he had like 10 coaches in 15 years. They made one playoff in 15 years. Miami is, is yeah. now throwing baseball totally out of kilter, Edward, because they pay, overpaid for Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. And now he's on the open market, but he's – well, he's not really on the open market. They're going to trade him, yeah. but they have to make a trade, first of all, to accommodate his $30 million or whatever it is he's going to make a year – and he has got to approve of this trade. So, my, you know, basically what I'm saying is Loria set this whole thing up, and it just, it's a mess, you know. I, who's going to want to spend that kind of money to bring in this guy? You know, I wonder what happens. I, I don't know if this has ever happened before. Well, it, may, it maybe have happened in the USFL. But what happens if a, a team just can't afford to, you know, they make a contract, but they just can't afford well, it. They go bankrupt. I mean, yeah. the teams I, Well, I don't think before, too, too many teams do in this day and age with all the TV money and the, and the amount of money you have to have to own a team. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be a billion. Billionaire, yeah. multi-billionaire. You know, in the old days, it was, you had to be very rich, but you didn't have to be. I mean, the amount of money we're talking about, just to give you an example, and I think most of our listeners know this who go to games, how much does it cost to park now? 20 at a, bucks at least. Uh, minimum. Yeah, at I'm, least. We're talking yeah. 40, 50, 60 bucks to go that, to an NFL now, game. Do they, do they own the... Uh, or they probably have an, an No, not, you know, it just depends. Some teams, you know, get a percentage or a cut, and sometimes it's the, the area around the... You know the stadium that part, that's part of the city. That's just an example. I mean, to buy a ticket to a basketball game now, and I'm t- we're talking here about the the Bay Area, but I mean let's let's go to say Orlando, Florida, which yeah. is not a major market. I guarantee you that for good seats, you're probably paying a minimum of a hundred bucks yeah. to see a, a game because the NBA has become an event. Yeah, and it's not quite like football. It's not you know it's not affordable like well somewhat affordable like, like baseball, baseball used yeah. to be. Yeah. And it's not a specialty sport like hockey in terms of you know just being uh, having a, a, a niche following. It's it's followed by everybody, a lot of people everywhere. But you know because of that, um, you know you're going to get good crowds and you you can charge a lot of money. I'd rather go to a basketball game than a football game. Well, basketball it's a little more mm-hmm. laid back, but it's intense. Football yeah, yeah. is like an event. You know, you go to a game, it's like watching the the Roman Gladiators. I was at a Raider game yeah. the other day, and a fight broke out between oh, Eric yeah. between Michael Crabtree of the Raiders, wide receiver. And Aqib Tlaib, uh, defensive back for the Broncos, <laughs> what, what happened was, I guess the last game they'd had a little tete-a-tete. Yeah. And, uh, last year. Last yeah. year. Yeah. And, and, and they also had a little incident earlier this year, I think, in Denver. And anyway, they, they bumped, or actually Crabtree blocked him. He had an aggressive block because there was a running play. And Tlaib didn't appreciate it. Michael uh, Crabtree's wearing a chain. So he rips the chain off of Michael Crabtree's. <laughs> Uh, neck, and next thing you know, Crabtree throws his helmet, throws, starts throwing wild punches the, on the Broncos sidelines. All the Broncos come piling in. A bunch of Raiders come in. One of the Raiders bumps an official. Then it spills over. You know, Crabtree starts running towards the end zone, and it, it looked like a high school brawl. It was insane. So the the the, the bottom line was both those guys, Talib and uh, uh, Crabtree, were kicked out of the game. 
and they've both been suspended for two games without pay, as they should be. I mean, that's... But, that's, they're, but then they are uh, appealing the suspension. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win. <laughs> Uh, if they are, I, I I haven't heard anything about them appealing the suspension. I I don't, I don't think they I would. I thought the moral of the story is don't wear gold chains to a football game. <laughs> well, you know that's a whole different. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. You don't have any argument with that, but it's a different world we live in today, Edward. You know, well, I, I, it's, it, what cracks me up is when a guy takes off his helmet and he uses his hands and fists. You know, basically makes a fist to hit another guy in the helmet. I know that, well, that ain't too smart. Most most fights, if you watch or hear about them. They're not like you know. two guys pugilists in the in the ring, you know, using skill and footwork, and Wait, you know, they're just word? pugilists. Yeah, I thought that had to do with writing. Like no, a, no, 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 no. Pugilists are boxers, and, and oh. they're, they're guys who study how to box. <laughs> most of these guys don't know how to fight; they're just brawlers, you know. And I mean, most people who get into fights are probably just brawl. You, know, you tackle somebody, you throw a punch. Usually, when somebody gets hurt, it's from falling down or hitting their head or something. Yeah. Well, not, I thought no, I, I thought pugilists. Pugilists. I thought they were writers, and if no, they no, did no, well, they no. won the world at surprise. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, you got me laughing. That's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah you always got to keep. Got to yeah. keep. Got to keep. Got to keep it gotta light. Keep, You're right. You're absolutely light. right, Edward. By the way, um, we forgot to mention that our uh, trivia theme is going to be the NFL Hall of Fame. Oh, I like that. And I like sure, that. Sure yeah. You're going to like it. Yeah. And also, don't forget that uh, because again, I forgot to do this in the first segment that our. Uh, uh, segment is uh, the first segment, and also we'll do the second one. Is uh, sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments. Get this: the last distribution was eight point eight percent. No, that's pretty not good. seven and three quarters, no, no. but eight point eight percent. You know why? We're in a, we're in a, a numbers society. <laughs> Sports is especially that way with the analytics. Well, I, I got to say the the reason that they paid a higher rate of return because. They did have a foreclosure. Uh, they sold it at a profit, huh. distributed it out to the investors. Okay. And we're all counting that money. Oh, there you go. So check yeah. them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. And we have a couple of minutes before our yeah. uh, first trivia question. So, Well, um, it's interesting. You mentioned the Hall of Fame. I got a beef with the Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame. And, you know, all the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, most of them are great players. But baseball is a lot more selective about who it's, it picks for the yeah. Hall of Fame. Football, not so much. Who, you know? who are they uh, electing now that you don't? Well, it's not so much that anybody that I don't think deserves to be there. It's just that, you know, you look at the numbers of guys that go into the Hall of Fame in football. Usually, generally speaking, it's a class of about nine or ten. Baseball, it's more like four or five. I mean, you really have to be special. And there are a lot of guys that people feel should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame that are not because the standard is a bit higher. And I think baseball is the first sport to have a Hall of Fame. Yeah, it is. So everybody else, you know, basketball doesn't have, pro basketball doesn't have a Hall of Fame. There's the Basketball Hall of Fame that encompasses college and the pros in Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, interesting. That's okay. the birthplace. Well, I wonder why they don't uh, separate. Well, because the NBA is not that old. I mean, relatively yeah. speaking, the like, NBA has only been around since, since 1946. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL has been around since yeah. 1920, and Major League Baseball has been around as, in its current state since 1903. So well, you, that's the World Series, but before that, but, in 1870. Well, yeah, that, but that wasn't. It was different. It wasn't as it presently is. You're right. There yeah, was yeah pro- because all the rules. Yeah, there, a lot of rules changed. Well, yeah, not even that so much as the franchises and the way it was organized. But you're right. I mean, professional baseball has been around actually since 1869. Yeah, that's since, right. Since, the, the Cincinnati Red Stockings. That's right. Who never lost a game, by the way, that yeah. that first year, and they played most of their games on the road, but they had yeah. the best players. Yeah, and they had the, they had this incredible all. Well, and they, team. they were the first team, I guess. That actually, they professional team, right? Yes, they, they got they, paid. They actually, yeah. Got well, they paid. they were like a barnstorming team. They'd yeah. come into your town and they'd play a game against the local mine, or you know, maybe you'd get a regional group of guys and you'd take them on. But these guys were the best, you know. 
Baseball, we forget, has its origins going back to the early 19th century in this country, and it was really popularized during the Civil War. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the Union soldiers in yep. Confederate prison camps to keep themselves from getting sick would play baseball games in an open field, and, and the Confederate play, uh, guards thought this was great, and it, and it became even more rural well, uh, of a sport because yeah, of actually, that. Actually, there, there was, there was uh, in Washington's time during the, the Revolutionary War, apparently they played something kind of kind of like baseball. Yeah. like baseball. Yeah. Okay, tell you what, here we're going to go to our first commercial break. Who was the first player from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers enshrined in the mm, Hall of Fame? Good question. Right, that's yeah, right. our question. Yeah. Email edward at sportsecon101.com. The answer to that question. We'll see if you know that. Who okay. was the first player from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers enshrined in the Hall of Fame? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a guess. But really? I'm not okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll, you'll have heard of this player. Okay. All right. Don't touch that dial because Sports Econ 101 is going to be right back. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure your process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit, but you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. 
Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our first trivia question. Who was the first player from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers enshrined in the Hall of Fame? I'm, I'm thinking the only name I can come up with is a defensive lineman by the name of Leroy Selman. That is correct. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, well, he was, a, he was a, yeah, a big star in the late 70s. They had a horrible team early. John McKay went from USC to the pros, and they were winless one year. Yeah. And he... he <laughs> You know, it was funny. I'll never forget this uh, press conference. It was kind of informal. A bunch of, you know, writers and a couple of TV folks standing around him. And they asked him, you know, about the game. He goes, well, we didn't, we didn't score any points. Or we didn't block. I mean, you know, what, what, what else do you want to know? We didn't play very well. I mean, it was just very, very matter of fact. And this from a guy who'd won national championships at USC, suddenly going to the pros and just getting, you know, his... Uh, Maybe he wanted to take his USC team and throw them into the pros. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, look how many college coaches have made it in the pros, and not a whole lot of them. Look at Chip Kelly now back with UCLA after being. Oh, I'm yeah. saying back in the Pac-12, he was at yeah. Oregon, but he had a, a little success with Philadelphia. Then he yep. inherited a Niner team that was just awful, and there was yeah. no chance. And now he's back at UCLA, which is going to make UCLA uh, probably a much better team. Do you remember they used to? Ha- I what, I can't remember what, what would they call it the the college. Pro Bowl or something? Oh, and, you're and talking it, about the college all star game. Yeah, yeah, that went on. That went yeah. on for back in the mid '50s to probably mid '70s or about 20 years. Where they play the pros? Where they play the pros? Yeah. They get the best college players to play one team in the pros, uh, usually the NFL champions. And uh, if it wasn't the NFL champions, it was you know the co- runner up. Or the runner up. Yeah. It usually was the NFL champions, and usually the college players that get the you know what kicked out of them. Yeah. But the pros, they didn't. I think sometimes they held back a little bit, but, you know, yeah. those guys had pride. You know, these guys are in their late 20s, early 30s, and they're these young kids, you know, who are full of piss and vinegar think yeah. they're going to, you know, astound the world. And a couple of times the college kids did win. A couple yeah. times. Yeah, was that's a big that, deal. The thing that's hard is, you know, how long do they have to practice as a team? Yeah, that's a good question. I think yeah. probably they had about a week. But, you know, yeah, you, get, you get guys, um, you get good athletes together. And in those days, it was a different world we lived in, you know, in the 60s and 70s. The athletes today, and I'm not, I'm not knocking them. They're better athletes today because they, have, yeah. they don't have to have other, other jobs. And they, the, specialty, the training is more specialized, the diet, um, the yeah. working out. Um, you know, it's just a different world. The drugs are better. <laughs> I think the drugs have always been a problem. In those days, it was more yeah. booze. You know, booze was yeah. a big drug. No, no, but I mean, uh, like uh, steroids. Oh yeah, yeah. but I think I you know, that, that started you really <laughs> that really started happening in the seventies. You know, yeah. really, it did, and you know, it was necessary if you're going to play football. You know, if you want to recover uh, from from these injuries and play the next week, you got to take this stuff. Yes, I'm not yeah. saying not abuse uh, it though. Well, no, but I, I, and I don't <laughs> think most players did. I don't think no. most players did. I think, unfortunately, it just got out of hand, and you know, with certain inter- individuals, and it's like anything, you know, <laughs> anything that involves human beings, you know, you're always looking for that little extra, that little extra effort, and so you know, the magic pill. Well, you know, interestingly enough, um, okay, so on the Baseball Hall of Fame, there's mm. going to be, you know, you, okay, Barry Bonds is not in specifically because of steroids. Uh, Probably you know, won't be in for about fifty years till he's gone. I think. Till he's gone. Okay. Till people are for people who are making the decision to to vote him in will have had to never seen him play. Gotcha. And okay. even then, I think, but it's not anything like the Shoeless Joe Jackson. Thing. Okay. Okay. That's and, different. And, and Pete Rose, uh, same th- different different reason because he bet well, on betting, his team. Betting okay. on the team. Yeah. Betting on the team. Okay. Yeah. 
in football, I'm trying to think of who has not been enshrined in the Hall of Fame for because doing something. something. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think that's happened. Yeah. I, I really don't. And I think one of the reasons for that is that um, I don't think people are quite as – it's funny to say this, but I don't think people are quite as passionate, the ones that follow football, as they are uh, about the athletes. They care more about the teams. Now, of course, it's changed a little bit with all of this fantasy stuff, but it's more about statistics. But baseball fans, you know, traditionally, you know, really hold dear these records and these, you know, long standing. Yeah, it's longer time. But also, you know, you only have 25 players versus. And the the season's longer. Yeah, you play 162 games football, you only play 16 games. So every game's an event. And there's a lot, like you said. Fewer number of players in baseball, a lot more players in football, so players come and go more readily. The game chews you up physically. You know, any, anybody who lasts more than seven, eight years in football, pro football, is really doing yeah. a pretty good job. That's but it's amazing. amazing because the Super Bowl is still the granddaddy of them all. It is, but it's, it's more of a television event now. It really is. I think half the people who watch the Super Bowl are not really paying attention. They're just partying. Oh, just to, to get the yeah. you know, it's a funny I really do. I really nowadays, feel that way. They, you know, it's like half the people are interested in the commercials. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. I mean, there you go. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've been to a few Super Bowl parties, and I've noticed that uh, half the people aren't even watching the game. No, that that's true, and I gotta say that the last gosh four Super Bowls have actually been good. Oh, there was been a great. time when about three or four in a row were just boring. Well, you know, it's interesting. We, despite the mediocrity in football, the games have been never been more exciting this year yeah. in the NFL, and I think it's because there's not that much of a difference between. There's only a couple of teams like Philadelphia and New England, and there are only a couple of bad teams like Cleveland and the Forty ers Everybody else is kind of in the middle. Yeah, because you know? the, uh, Look at the well, Kansas City was doing really well. Now they're, they're in the middle. In the middle yeah. Look at Baltimore. Baltimore's coming yeah. on strong. They won a Monday night game uh, against uh, the Texans. They have a great defense. They have been to the playoffs five years in a row. They won a Super Bowl just a few years back. They're coming on strong. Watch out for them. I mean, Terrell yeah. Suggs said it the other night. You know, we're a dangerous team in, in November and December. So, yeah. you know, there's some interesting little sidelights to, to the NFL. And, and, and by the way, for uh, those who have figured this out, uh, this is our December 30th show. Um, and it's, uh, well, actually, recording on December 30th. This is for, for the uh, January, uh, right. early January. Uh, we had to record this a month early for yes. various reasons because we all have to do our vacation. That's why so, we're talking generic sports. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to. Yeah. <laughs> Except when we go, uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, uh, Cleveland being winless, who knows if they'll be winless over the next month. <laughs> Boy, that that's a class. Uh, that's a clueless organization from the top to the bottom. I mean, anybody who drafts Johnny Manziel, now come yeah. on, the guy had talent in college, but anybody who didn't see that he had some major personal yeah. problems off the field, and you're throwing that kind of money at somebody, how tall is he? He, uh, you know, it's not so much his size; it's just no, the no, fact no, that I, know, I think he's about. Stuff, I think but... he's about six one. But you know, you don't have to be a, a giant to play. I mean, Joe Montana was six feet tall, they, and, they, and Doug Flutie was only what five, five nine, nine, five eight. Yeah. He, he had a nice little career in he the did. NFL, more, more more in college, college. and more on that one play Boston that college, yeah. that one great moment. Yes. I remember watching that. I'm sure oh, a yeah, lot of our listeners did. Yeah, it's the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, it's yeah. well, and look at and again. We go into baseball. Jose Altuve, MVP of yeah. the National League, five foot six. You know, good things do come in small packages. So it's like a Kirby Puckett type. Kirby, oh. I, I feel sad whenever I hear that name because yeah. one of the nicest men I've ever met in baseball, and once he lost his vision in his eye, his whole, his life just went spiraled out of control. Like, was it know. was it just cancer that took over his whole body? You know, I I think it was he had some kind of it wasn't cancer. I think it was a glaucoma. Glaucoma. But, yeah, but, but that's not necessarily a. I mean, that's a blindness. Thing, well, yeah, it, it basically you take away a, a hitter's 
you know, eye, one of the eyes, yeah. it's going to make him have to, you know, hit her theoretically. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think, but I mean, he ended up dying, though. Well, he uh, ended up dying, not from that. He yeah. His life just spiraled out of control, and he had all sorts of problems. I mean, baseball was his life. He he was defined by that, and he played, you know, only about 12 years, but he had 12 great years. He, yeah. he was a World Series hero, um, nicest guy you'd ever want to meet, but, I mean— I think that uh, he was one of the reasons he was such a nice guy. He was a real sensitive guy. And when things went badly, you know, sometimes sensitive people can't handle those things. Real sensitive people. Because there were some personal problems going on. Oh, yeah. There were some. We don't need to get into that. But it, it, it was the result of all the trials and tribulations of not being able to continue his baseball career. You know, his baseball career went south because he couldn't see out of one eye. He couldn't hit. Couldn't hit anymore. You know, he tried, but it was just, it's such a sad story. And he was such a good guy. Yeah. But you 12, know, 12 years is a, a decent amount of time, though. Well, yeah, he had 12 good years, too. I yeah. think he played in the, in the major leagues about 13, and he, he had a pro career that yeah. lasted about maybe 18 years. Yeah, so it's it's not like a guy who, you know, at the top of his game. Well, know, he, playing, was, he was he was still, still he's, very good, of course. He was still yeah. very good. But I think, you know, he, he didn't get to gradually kind of ease out of the game. He was just forced out of the game through circumstances. And then, not you know, people liked him so much, I don't think anybody pushed him out, but he just – had some demons because of that. I mean, that baseball was his life. And when you have something taken away from you, yeah. you know, it's real hard. It's real hard for some people. They have their foundation ripped out from under them, you know, yeah. uh, whether it's a personal thing with a relationship or a job. And in this case, it was his passion. It was his job. So, yeah, it's it's sad. Mm-hmm. I, I Whenever I think of Kirby Puckett, I, I almost shed a tear because yeah. I, I got to know him a little bit whenever they'd come to Oakland. And sit down and talk with him a bunch of times, and you couldn't couldn't have met a nicer, more personable guy. Very much like Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. very much like um, you know some of these other athletes. That was that Walter are, Payton a really nice guy? Because again, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you know, very, very same sort of thing where it's like very a, nice fellow, very kidney nice fellow. problems, right? And, yeah, he just you know unfortunately he had a great he had a, an amazing athlete's body, but you know some athletes just like some people have maladies that uh, don't go away and they die. You know, we're all we're all mm-hmm. human. I mean, that's the one thing they haven't found a cure for old age yet. Well, look at Lou Gehrig. He died at the age of 40 or 39 of, yeah. of Lou Gehrig's disease. He was at the height of his career in, in, in 1937 or 38 when he first got hit with the ALS. And yeah. uh, he was still a very productive player. Could have played probably four or five more years, but the ALS just destroyed him and, and killed him in a matter of a couple of years. Dwight Clark, our good friend with the 49ers, is going through the same yeah. thing. The guy who made the great catch in the 1981 NFC title game, who was a part of the First two years, uh, first two 49er championships in the 80s, he's dying of ALS, and he's only 60. I think he's about 62, 63. Yeah. He's actually a little older than some people are, but, you know, that doesn't make it any easier. It may, sometimes it makes it harder. Yeah. But he's had a little bit more of a life, at least. Yeah. You know, yeah, gotcha. some guys, you know, they don't last even to 40 with this thing. Or, yeah. or 50, they die young. It's part know. of life. Yeah, they get, that's one of those diseases they got to find a cure for. What, what a pleasant topic. We're <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's okay. No, no, hey, you know, it's no, okay. No, no. It's part of life. It's, it you know, baseball life. and football, basketball, athletes, you know, they, they go through the same things we all go through. They sure do. Okay, yeah. here's our second trivia yeah. question. Which kicker, okay, we're talking the NFL Hall of Fame. Sure. Which kicker who attended Montana State on a skiing scholarship oh, yeah. Was elected to the Hall of Fame yeah. in 1991. Yeah, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. Yeah, very easy. Wow. Yeah. Now, why is it easy? Because Montana, or yeah, because I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's easy. 
<laughs> I bet it's not easy for the average. No, job. no, but the average person isn't a, a sports nut like me, you know, <laughs> who has all this or just useless, a nut like me. Well, I, yeah, useless right. trivia, you know, that we we somehow hang on to. I, right. I, if I can't even remember my driver's license, but I can remember. Yeah, that's right, you know, exactly. Don't touch that dial. Yeah. Sports Econ One Hundred and One. We'll be right back. <laughs> And now, today's General Steel Building Tip. Buy a large lot with a friend or family member that can be split into two smaller lots. Some of the most appealing properties may be much larger than what you want or can afford, yet the seller may not be willing to break up a large parcel. So, if you can share the cost with someone else, preferably someone you don't mind having as a neighbor, you may be able to pick up a great building site for a reasonable price. And now, a word from General Steel. Stocks are soaring, and construction spending across America has been on the rise. If you've been waiting to build, the time is now. Whether you want to expand your business or you want to build a new garage, call General Steel today. Our metal buildings are custom designed for your needs. For example, a 40 by 60 is a great space for an auto shop or three-car garage. And if you call General Steel today, it's on sale now for under $25,000. Call 844-91-STEEL. 844-91-STEEL. That's 844-91-STEEL. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Pulldog.com is the best place to buy billiard supplies online. In addition to having the guaranteed lowest prices and the largest selection of pool cues and accessories in the industry, Pulldog also provides unsurpassed customer service with free shipping on orders over $99 including to APOs, and a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. And be sure to use the code SPORTS at checkout for a 5% discount on your order. Give them a call at 866-843-3249 and sign up for a free catalog or go to PoolDog.com. That's PoolDog.com. Anchor.fm is a great new platform that has some of the coolest audio on the planet. You'll find Rick Tittle's Comedy Spotlight and his interviews with all of today's biggest comedians, plus the best in politics, music, and more. Anchor has it all. And if you want to get in on the action, you can start your own station and be the DJ you've always dreamed of. If you're looking to launch a podcast, Anchor is the easiest way to begin. And with so many ways to interact with your listeners, you'll be destined for greatness. So check out the Comedy Spotlight and more at Anchor.fm. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question, which Bruce said was an easy one. Which kicker who attended Montana State on a skiing scholarship was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1991? It's got to be Jan Stenery. It's got to be Jan Stenery. Yeah, the former Chiefs kicker, who was a great kicker. You know, it's funny, though. I I guess the one thing that's kind of sad, not, not so much for me because I was a big Dolphins fan, 
But apparently, the game that he missed this field goal and Garo Yepremian kicked to win. To win the overtime the, the game. The overtime, first, yeah. First round playoff game. They, they asked Jan Stenrud, you know, what was going on? He goes, you know what? I, I just, the, like the demons inside of me, he goes, I just knew I was going to miss it. Wow. Whereas Gary Yepremian, he goes, I knew I was going to make yeah, it. Yeah, you know, that it's like a golfer when they line up a, a putt. Yeah. I mean, just think of all the pressure. And if you start thinking too much about that instead of just doing what comes naturally, I think that's why a lot of fo- a lot of football players are really down on kickers because they get all the glory if they make the the kick, but they also become the goats if they miss. Uh, Scott uh, St- Scott Norwood, yeah, well, and that wasn't an easy kick. I think no. it was a forty six yarder, but that's one that a lot of guys make. Yeah, and that was the first of four straight Super Bowl Ex- losses, and that the was Bills. the closest one that they yeah. could have could have potentially won. Yeah, they got blown the out Giants. twice by the by the Cowboys, Cowboys. And, and the Redskins beat them pretty decisively too. Yeah, it's too bad too because the Bills. Buffalo deserved to have one one Super Bowl out of those four. They really oh, yeah. did. I mean, it's know, a Bruce shame. Smith and oh god, yeah, they had yeah. some great Jim Kelly. Yeah, yeah, that's Jim, some, and some, now you talk about. We were talking earlier about guys who've gone through physical oh, difficulties. Yeah. Jim Kelly's had a tough time. Yeah, he's still around, but he's battled through some. I'm not sure if it was cancer or a kidney problem or something. He was close to death for a while. Is that right? Yeah, wow. he was. He was. He was maybe not right on death's door, but he was in bad shape. He was in the hospital. Right. And they, well, except for the CTE, what else have they shown oh football God. been doing? Well, just think know? of being hit. Yeah. Uh, how many times – give me an example. Uh, C.J. Beathard, rookie quarterback with San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Bad offensive line. He's thrown into the fray because the first string quarterback that they had was not doing the job. The other day, he got hit 27 times. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, just a, a, a sack – that knocks a guy down and it's pretty bad. But, you know, just a one or two glancing blows. I mean, these guys are coming in fast. And, and finally he got hit hard enough that he bruised his knee and had to come out of the game. And first they thought it was a torn knee ligament. Oh, he's a tough kid. Well, he's only 22. Yeah, he's tough because yeah. he's young. Yeah. So and now Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come yeah. in and take over in all probability. Well, as we speak, this is, you know, a couple of weeks back. But still, yeah. um, you know, football players, we forget it's the collisions, the continuous yeah. collision of bodies. The offensive and defensive linemen are hitting each other, but, uh, you know, up front, and they're just bashing each other with elbows and fists and legs. And then the linebackers are coming in, and the, line, and the defensive backs like little missiles and yeah. hitting guys on the run. The guys who are most vulnerable, I think, are, are tight ends, linebackers, and defensive backs and wide receivers. Quarterbacks, to a lesser degree, you mm-hmm. see most quarterbacks, if they're good, they know how to get out of trouble. Look at Russell Wilson. He's yeah. had some injuries, but he knows how to get out of trouble. Tom Brady is 40 years old, knows when to throw the ball away. Of course, he's got a great offensive line. Well, that that's helps. the thing is that there's it'd be it's one thing if you're completely in the open field, yeah. but by the time the generally the the uh, off defensive linemen are getting to them, they've been blocked a little bit, so yeah. they're, they're not coming in at 20 miles yeah, an hour. You believe, you know? believe it or not, though, the linebackers and defensive backs are. And I was, watching, guys, jo- yes. yeah, I was watching Joe Flacco the other night take off for Baltimore on a run, and this is a guy who was wearing a knee brace about a week ago. you know, A week yeah. before that, I should mm-hmm. say. And he runs for 25 yards. So yeah. these are amazing athletes. I, you know, Anybody who downplays the NFL and says these guys are, you know... Uh, that they're all on steroids or whatever. Go go into a locker room sometime as I have and watch what it's like to see these guys taking off their uniforms after ice, a game. They just have to ice everything. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, you're, everything is sore. Yeah. And you talk to the old guys who played, you know, twenty years or ten years or five years. And Lincoln Kennedy, I think I've mentioned oh, yeah. this. I've, I've played with the Raiders for a number of years. Good friend of mine. Well, we're not good friends, but we're good. We've known each other for twenty five years. 
I was talking to him the other day. He's a sideline announcer for the Raiders now. He does a lot of other things. University of Washington grad, played with the Raiders, played with Atlanta. And he's a big guy, 6'6", six, six, probably about 200. Well, he was about 330 in his playing days, maybe yeah. 350. Now he's down to about 300. He's, he's taken some weight off. But he's, he, he was walking around. He was smiling. I said, how you doing? Like, he goes, oh, I'm hurting all over still. <laughs> wow. And I, I'm thinking, well, yeah, you're almost, you're almost 50 years old, yeah. When was the last time he played? Uh, about 2004. So it's been about wow. 13 years, yeah. He, he retired when he was about 36, 35. So he's in his late 40s, early 50s. And he yeah. was offensive line. Offensive line, one of the best. He was a, he was a two-time pro bowler. Uh, he was that, the reason the Raiders were in three straight playoffs and made it to three straight, well, they made it to two conference championships and one Super Bowl, was that Rich Gannon had him mm-hmm. and Barrett Robbins, another guy we don't need to get into all what happened to Barrett, but he went through hell. He was a, the center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had guys like Frank Middleton and Mo Collins, you know, solid players that were around that, that, that made a good, solid front line and gave Rich Gannon time to get the ball to Tim Brown and to uh, Jerry Rice, who played a couple years with the team. And I have to think about the movie The Longest Yard when Burt Reynolds says, I'm just going to surround myself with the biggest guys possible. Yeah, well, you, you know, but you got, size is important, yeah. but you got to have some athleticism and sure, smarts. Sure. You know, and I mean, you make it to the NFL, you got to – you got to be disciplined. You got to be. You got to have desire and, and smarts. And there's a lot of things that go into play. So my hats off to the guys in the NFL. They're the true warriors. And, and as as good as the offensive line for the Raiders was back in the '70s, I still would have been scared to be someone like Stabler playing against Joe Green, L.C. Oh, Greenwood. Yeah. And Can you imagine White. that? My God, L.C. Greenwood, Dwight White coming in on you. You know, Lambert and Ham. Jack Lambert and yeah, Ham and. God, uh, you know, Andy Russell, and then you got Mel Blunt in the secondary there. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> it's tough. amazing we can remember all those guys. Oh, well, they were, they were larger in life. The thing was they played with the team for five, six, ten years. Yeah. Today, the players, it's rare that a guy stays with the team longer than a couple of years. They move around, generally speaking. There are a few that stay, yeah. but generally speaking, players move around. They go where the money is. That's why the, the league is mediocre, basically, because teams are constantly – every year is a different year. It's not like you have a different – in the old days, that you had like an era that lasted five, ten years. Now it's every other year you've got to rebuild your team, unless you're like the uh, – uh, the New England – I was going to say Patriot, Boston. Patriot, the yeah. Patriots who have a system and a great coach and a great owner in Robert Kraft who knows what the hell he's doing. I, I think this uh, – Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Yes. Um, you know, if you look at him, he's a he's a handsome young man, and, smart uh, guy. Yeah, he yeah. he, he reminds me athlete. a little bit of a Joe Namath type. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what his personality is, but yeah, I can just see the women going crazy. Oh for him, yeah, you know? no, good looking guy. <laughs> the problem is he's going to have to get some help on the offensive line. You know, the the Forty ers are going to be a little better in that department, I think, next year. But he's still going to take some shots. But he, I think, he is also got some elusive qualities as, as a, runner, a running quarterback, and he's learned a system in New England. He's picked up a lot of things through osmosis just being around Tom Brady. Gotcha. So I think he'll, as long as he stays relatively healthy, the 49ers, I, I hope they hang on to him because I think, you know, you don't find good quarterbacks very often. I think he may be one of them. I think that, you know, that I was just thinking about this just now, that to be an offensive line coach, to, to really recognize talent, the that seems that's pretty hard. Well, I, I would think that'd be very hard to kind of you know because yeah, you know it is and it isn't. It isn't. It isn't. If you do it and you're this is your job, you, you can recognize certain qualities in the way a person moves on the field and their personality. Um, it's the same thing in evaluating talent on the stage. You know, musicians and and artists. I mean, there are certain standards that if you're 
involved in those particular fields that you can kind of recognize. And I think uh, football coaches are, are amazingly, uh, you know, they, they're so centered and focused. I mean, anybody who reaches that level, at a pro level, it has to be. But, I mean, these guys live this game, you know, 24-7. Yeah, but guys, like, remember how, remember Bob Hayes for the, for the oh, Cowboys, yeah. right? Sure, I mean, the fastest great... man on, yeah. the earth, on, on the planet Earth yeah. at the time. Now, as long as he could have good hands, yeah. you know, and then, because what they say, you can't teach speed, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I'm thinking, okay, well, on the offensive line, it's not so much speed. I mean, yeah, it's agility and side to side and all that. But They're the smartest players, though, I'm telling you, Edward, the, the offensive linemen, because they have to read what a guy is doing, the moves, you know, the defensive linemen and linebackers have certain what they call you know like a swim move or a you know they they do a spin around move or they use well, they their see arm where the quarterback's going but, versus but, where your offensive line yeah, you don't know something well you you know you're supposed to know supposed what's to happening know, because you've designed to play, play but they're yeah. you know you're constantly improvising the play has to yeah. as it as it's being executed oftentimes you know you you go to plan b you have plan b i mean again take an example dwight clark catching the pass that beat dallas in the 1981 NFC title game. That was plan B. The original yeah. pass was supposed to go to Freddie Solomon, the other wide receiver on the other side of the field. Dwight Clark was running a pattern, and he was being guarded by a rookie by the name of um, and my my memory. Uh, I've lost my memory here on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Everson Walls. Oh. And Dwight managed to you know come back the other way and, and, uh, and get out of trouble. So... Uh, you know, uh, as a result, uh, Joe Montana threw the ball up high, and Dwight made a great catch, and there you go. So, yeah, yeah I was thinking about the uh, – I think it was three Dallas Cowboys who were after Montana at the time. Yeah, there was Harvey right. Martin. There was yeah. – uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, there was one other guy that almost got a hand on him, and he was stepping back, and there were two guys, you know, steaming in on him. And Which, Joe threw off his – I think he threw off his, his back, back foot. foot. Yeah, Ed yeah. Tutal Jones. Was, Ed Tutal Jones was, was one of them, one yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ed Tutal Jones about six foot eight. Remember going into that Dallas locker room after the game? They were, they were really shaking because that was a great Dallas team, and they, yeah. you know, they did not go to the Super Bowl between the nineteen late seventies and until Jimmy Johnson bought the team. And in the early nineties, they had a long drought, and that was kind of the end of a, of a near miss area. They, they, the year before, they'd lost to Philadelphia in the NFC title game, so oh, they were kind of right. like yeah. they were kind of like the Oakland Raiders of the seventies. You know, uh, Danny White was the quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh God, I'm trying to remember who was the running back on that team. Uh, uh, I think it was Tony Dorsett was was a running back on that team, and I believe uh, you know they had they had some great great defensive players. You mentioned Ed Tutal Jones. Um, again, there's so many players over the years that they sort of blend together, but that they had a system. That, Butch, they were good. Was Butch Johnson on that team, or was he? Uh, he was on the late '70s, late 70s but I yeah. I don't think he was on that team. He played in the t- the team that won the '77 Super Bowl over Denver. Okay, um, and Jackie, who, Jackie, somebody, come on, not Jackie. Oh, you're Slater. talking about Jackie Slater, the tight yeah. end with the with the. Uh, yeah, he no. played briefly with the Cowboys at the end of his career, and unfortunately, or not Jackie Slater. Jackie no, Slater's no, no, an yeah. offensive lineman with the Rams. You're talking about Jackie Smith, okay, who yeah, dropped yeah. the pass yeah. in, in the okay, Super Bowl. Yeah, that's yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, for Dallas, <laughs> he had a, he had a Hall of Fame career, but he's best remembered, unfortunately, for dropping a sure touchdown pass, and the Cowboys ended up losing to the Steelers that year by four points. In, in the Super Bowl. I was at that game, too. That was one of the great Super Bowls of all time. 1979, January at Miami's Orange Bowl. Was that Miami's the one Swan made his famous catch? No, that was, that that was, was one the, of the that, – they played twice, twice. In, yeah. in a four-year period. That was in 76. Lynn Swan, okay. uh, Jack, George, our friend George Atkinson, did not like Lynn What didn't he like about Lynn Well, he just, Lynn Swan was kind of arrogant, and he yeah. was a pretty boy. And, yeah, he was a great receiver, but um, – 
he wasn't really tough, and Jack Tatum knocked him out a few times. And, you know, some of the hits were questionable. questionable. <laughs> but it was t- tit for t- tet for tet because Mel Blunt yeah. dumped Cliff Branch on his head and nearly, you know, could have snapped his neck. And so Atkinson saw that and said, oh, well, if they're going to do that to our guy, I'm going to do yeah. that to them. And so, you know. It's funny. I re- there was a game, gosh, this is going back 25 years or more, where uh, a receiver gets upended lands on his head, mm. kind of bounces, mm-hmm. the ball stays in the air, it gets intercepted, but because everybody was so concerned about the receiver, they called it an incomplete pass because hmm. they thought this guy was going to be paralyzed for the rest of his life. Before, okay. before replay, of course. Yeah. Now the yeah. replay, they, they, go, they go to the point of the absurd with the replay. Every touchdown pass is a subject to review now, unless it's you know just so obvious. Well, we've always said, got to get the play right. Yeah, I think. But we know, don't want a six-hour game. Either. Well, it just shows you how tough it is to officiate these games, and and be an umpire, and you know, be a, oh, yeah. a basketball official or a hockey official. All right, Sharks here. had two goals taken away in a game the other night, and they ended up losing by one goal. Ooh, yeah, how about nasty. that? That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. All right, here's our last trivia question: Of the following coaches, who entered the Hall of Fame first? Joe Gibbs, Bud Grant, Marv Levy, or Don Shula? That's oh, our good, question. Good All right, question. who's the first one? All right, don't touch that dial because Sports Econ 101 is going to be right back with some closing comments. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? but you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. 
When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Last trivia question. Who entered the Hall of Fame first? And these are coaches. Joe Gibbs, Bud Grant, Marv Levy, or Don Shula? It's got to be Don Shula or Bud Grant. I'm going to say Bud Grant. Yes. Yeah. Bud Grant. Three well, for three. Very good. Yeah. Bud Grant was around. I think he was a head coach even before Don Shula in the NFL. And of course, he got his Vikings in the four Super Bowls, and they never won one. I know, I know but he was yeah. still awful. I mean, I love the Vikings back oh. in the day. I was very disappointed when the Chiefs beat them. Well, I was disappointed. I wasn't disappointed when the Raiders beat them. That was no, the first. That, I like that one. First Super Bowl I ever covered. Uh, Super Bowl eleven at Pasadena, and uh, that was as Al Davis would later say. Well, it wasn't their finest hour because when they won in nineteen eighty, he said, "This is our finest hour, <laughs> the finest hour in the history of the Oakland Raiders." But uh, I felt badly for Bud Grant because that was the last Super Bowl the Vikings were in yeah. under his uh, – I'm trying to think. Have they been in no. since then? They have not. No. They were in four Super Bowls in lost the 1970s, and they lost them all. And in, in 69 also to the Chiefs. To, yeah, the Chiefs. They lost to the Chiefs. They Pittsburgh. Lost Pittsburgh. Miami. Miami. And, and the, the Raiders. Raiders. Well, they lost yeah. to some great teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh, Miami, and the Raiders were the three – you know, great teams of the 70s. Well, really. the, the and, and, that, and Dallas. Well, the one that they lost to Pittsburgh, I think Chuck Foreman only gained like 44 yards. Yeah. I mean, they, it was Pitt, just, Pittsburgh it, just shut them down. Yeah. Pittsburgh's steel curtain defense was, was impregnable. Tough. Yeah. All right. We're going to cut out for today. Here's our thoughts of the day. Let your smile change the world, but don't let the world change your smile. Ah, like I like that. It. I like it. And you have to say no to a lot of good things in order to be able to say yes to a lot of great things. Mm. Kind of reminds me, Steve Kerr says, give up the good shot to get the bet, to get better shot. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Good point. I, Two, wish, I wish more NBA players, well, I think they're getting better at that. But in the old days, they just hoisted up whenever they had an open shot and four other guys would be standing around watching. <laughs> I, that's why I didn't like the NBA for the better part of t- 10 years. And ironically, it's because of Michael Jordan. And Michael yeah. Jordan did not play that way. Yeah, he took over games, but he was also on a great team. They, people yeah. forget that he had some great teammates. Oh, yeah. Scotty Pippen, Bill Cartwright. Yeah, come uh, on. Steve Kerr. Yeah. All right. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and also asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.